skyrocketed. So a $600 pension 10, 15 years ago won't buy much of anything here today. Things and why the millennial generation is starting to give up because they can't afford to get a, a, a good job or own a house. Eight million Venezuelans voting uh, for this assembly saying it's actually less than three. It is. And people are going to start rioting in the streets. Was reported to have asked Putin for military support that would help him stay in power. We will make America safe again. And yes, together, we will make America great again. And they ignore him. Eight more years goes by till Bernie himself finally admits to his sons, hey, I've been running a Ponzi scheme. Does its dominance mean it can use the alliance for its own ends? Since 1981, bond yields, also known as coupon rates, have just gone down and down and down. Federal Reserve note will be your biggest financial liability. We're live. RTD Live Talk. The 24th day of the month of September. Wanted to check in. Uh, came across a great article I wanted to share. And uh, it's been a while since I've actually talked about uh, some of the issues that um, the states uh, face in regards to just the deficit spending and the lack of funding to live up to promises and obligations. And so I uh, came across a great article that paints a very straightforward picture as to the problems that uh, will occur on the municipal level. And so wanted to share this article with you guys and also get your thoughts on whatever else is going on in, tonight in, in your world. As always, I'll give it a second before I chime in with my thoughts or whatnot, making sure everybody can hear me. Okay, so Mike is going as well. So my name is Mike, the host of RTD Live Talk, Detroit's number one late night YouTube talk show. Uh, if you guys have some things you want to share with me, there's a chat room right here. Let me know via chat. If we have any new viewers, let me know where you're watching from. I'll definitely acknowledge your presence. And then above me, there's a number, 313 Four six two zero zero two seven. Give me a call and let's uh, let me hear your voice a little bit. So let me check in with the chat and then we can go from there. So we got Spirit, we got Kelly, Scott, we got uh, <laughs> we got uh, TPFRLR Meadow says California absolutely sucks behind Excalibur, <laughs> Kenneth. We got Scott, we got Gary. Uh, I'm your Huckleberry. We got Alan, Worldwide Emergency, Student of Life, Shane, Pad, Boots on the Ground. How you guys doing? Um, so yeah, as uh, Amelia, I think if I'm not right, if I'm not pronouncing that wrong, Afros and Afro Sheen. How you doing tonight? Crypto. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to check in, and so actually prior to coming across this article, I'm like, you know, I had something completely different to talk about which um, I might end up getting that tonight or just save it for another day. And so Spirit King impeachment is coming. That's another subject matter where just a mere thought of impeachment will not do well for the markets tomorrow. So I can imagine right now the futures are probably painting a very red picture at this current moment. I'll check those in a minute. But it's one of the things where um, divide and conquer. Division is the name of the game when it comes to politics, and so it's unfortunate that I've watched the, I watched the Pelosi little presentation thing or inquiry into impeachment, and it's one of the things where you know she's been in politics for 25 years or so. I'm thinking like, man, these lifelong political figures, 
could care less about the public, could care less about their constituencies, their constituents, but yet they only want to go back and forth bickering and arguing, not addressing the real problems. And so it's one of the things where I won't pay it no mind because whether they are able to get through or go further with this impeachment or not, no matter what, we all know what's going to happen uh, to the economy. So uh, you'll never hear Pelosi talk about the issues we're having with the banking sector or the Federal Reserve and the issues that are coming from this economic depression that will unfold. So, yeah, I, you know, I really don't pay it much mind myself, but uh, it's unfortunate that that's how the political game works these days, divide and conquer. And so if you got any questions, let me know in the chat. It looks like Student of Life has one that says, Mike, have you seen the videos of Haiti? They looted the bank and set it on fire. Student of Life, I am not aware of what's happening down in Haiti, apart from the fact that I remember, I think it was over the summer, and I saw they were very upset with their president or prime minister, or whatever they got down there, and it was not good. <laughs> wow. So, okay, so I, I so. Just because of that, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little detour, and I want to show a picture, which is the very first thing that came up when I typed in Haitian crisis, and so it says a startling photo of a pistol wielding senator highlights Haitia's many crises, and so it shows a senator here in the streets, probably under pressure from this gentleman in front of him, and he decided to pull out some heat and probably let off a couple rounds in the sky, and so. I would imagine that particular senator there would not have been, he's not anti-guns, uh, uh, anti so I'm sure he appreciated that gun at the right moment because if he didn't have it, I would imagine those people around him were about to let him know their displeasure and how the government's being ran down there. So, uh, But I did not see anything about the banks. And then on another note, here's another article here. So I can imagine why the bank situation is a little bit problematic. So... This is just down in Haiti. And so, Student of Life, I appreciate you for bringing this to my attention because this is another event that I haven't been able to stay up on. And so, it says here, gas shortages paralyze Haiti, triggering protests against failing economy and dysfunctional politics. So, could you imagine being in a position where you go to your gas station? Look at all these people. This literally hundreds of people now, according to this picture here, and it said this is as of September 4th, it looks like. So over the last month, I'd imagine gas shortages. And to make it even worse, in another country, Zimbabwe, over the last week, they uh, are rioting, looting in the street. And so because of a lack of funding, uh, they are not able to uh, pay for the sewage, the, not the sewage, but the water. So they can't afford the chemicals to process their tap water. So they are not able to drink the water. And there's a scare of a cholera outbreak again. And so imagine if you can't drink out your tap water or, you know, store from the water from the store is already gone. So imagine the hell and chaos people are going through in Zimbabwe. So this is just two countries. So I appreciate you for bringing this to my attention. Um, but yeah, let's bring it home now. Let's bring this home. And so here's an article that I came across that is one of the things where. Those two countries I just listed, they're at the very end or they're nearing the end of their economic woes from a political as well as a monetary standpoint. Haiti and Zimbabwe, unfortunately, by next year, I can I can imagine all out chaos, massive lives, loss of life, you name it. It's going to be happening in those regions. Those are just two countries. 
I can give you a couple more if you want it. But let's let's bring it back close to home. So right now on this on this uh, on this uh, article here, if you're watching me from inside the United States of America, then your state is on this map. So just take a second, see where you at. Are you in the black or are you in the red? And I'm going to talk about them a little bit and uh, share my thoughts with you on how, as of right now, there's a calmness overall and a lot and a very and a high complacency amongst the public because they don't know about what's happening in Haiti and Zimbabwe on average. So they don't know how things can really turn belly up once the bills aren't paid. And once, you know, water doesn't flow to your house and once the garbage isn't picked up in front of your house and once your paychecks don't come in and once, you know, the, the promised pensions and retirement plans from the public school system don't be don't get delivered. We don't know that type of pain. And so we're in the beginning of where they are towards the end of theirs, hopefully towards the end. But yet, these are some real situations here that I wanted to highlight tonight just because you see all this red. And, and my state is red as well. And I remember six, was it about six years ago now, Detroit had a bankruptcy. And there was thousands of people who got shortchanged in that bankruptcy. And a lot of people who came in and bought assets for penny on the dollar made out good and unfortunately it wasn't the residents of detroit and it wasn't the public workers that put in their 30 40 years and got nickels and, and pennies on their uh on their retirement uh payouts so um i'll put this link here in the chat so you guys can take a look at it yourself and so tonight don't want to be too long but just want to lay out my thoughts and share it with you and feel free to call in let me know what you guys think as well but the red states are the states that are in the negative. The black states are thus far in the positive. And so the, the creator of this, uh, Truth in the County, a nonpartisan, not-for-profit, has been monitoring the fi financial health of states for a decade in order to educate taxpayers about the financial health of their states. Today released in the 10th annual financial state, financial state of the states. So I'm going to open it up in a different window. And so... The truth in accounting. And so, as you know, unfortunately, on a, on, a, on, a, on a national level, the federal government does not do a good job of keeping accurate measurements of inflation, of, of, of debt, of, you know, they don't use the practical financial, the, the gap accounting, which a corporation would have to use. They use their own numbers to come up with their figures, which they always seem to undershoot what people actually are feeling in reality. But here we have an independent... Uh, corporation here that's been doing this for the last decade and so as you would are being told from our president the economy couldn't be no greater but yet these all these red states here will probably let me know that you know once again yeah you can take it for what it's worth but on a sovereign level we're, we're looking at about 1.5 trillion in state level debt thus far 1.5 trillion so that's just as much as student loan debt and everything else and so it's up slightly, but the, so they're kind of hinting that that the economy has, you know, hasn't really affected them much to where the, it's been in a negative or they've not had enough growth to sustain some things. But yet the concern is that this person here is admitting that despite the fact that the total U.S. economy is still growing, states have not been able to lower their unfunded liabilities. So according to them, the economy is still growing. We know it's contracting right now, but there was the unfunded liabilities have been con continuously going up, even though growth hasn't surpassed the amount of uh, uh, expenditures that have to go out. So I'll thumb through it, save you some headache. And so it talks about here, it, it labels the black states are 
the 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 red states are the um, what does it say? Basically, the there's a word for it. They gave it in here. So the, the sunshine states. So the the states that are in black are the sunshine states. That means they're net positive. They have a surplus as far as how they measure it. According to this, is that they take all the expenditures, all the all the expected payouts, and they take a, they take a look at their balance sheet and see how much funds they have left over after all those things are met, and average it out per per taxpayer in the state. And so as of now, the best position state financially is Alaska. And so uh, it gives you more information as to how that is. And But it's Alaska, North Dakota, Wyoming, and Idaho, and Utah. So I wonder if there's any reason why. But first thing that comes to mind is that there are low populated states. Population in these states are nowhere compares to anywhere like, you know, on the East Coast or West Coast, I'd imagine. So it's a much smaller taxpayer base, therefore much smaller um uh, debt burden on the public because it's a lot of country. This is a lot of country and barren land, so factor that in. But then if you go down here to the more populated areas where population is, is, is a lot more dense, we got New Jersey, the worst state. So as of now, every taxpayer in that state, according to what's old, what's old now and in the future, according to what's being paid now, is negative $65,000. So every taxpayer would need to come out of $65,000 to pay their fair share uh, the deficit the, state, the government's running there, or state's running there. And then it gives you some more information here, but then it gives you a full list of states and where they stand. And so it gives you actual numbers here. So Alaska's the biggest surplus, all the way down to the sinkhole states, where that means there is like a just a, a drain, it's just a, a bucket with a bunch of holes in it. Every time they put something in it, it's leaking out no matter what. So we got Minnesota at negative 200. Virginia at 1,200, 1,200, 1,300, Indiana, Florida, Montana. So, you know, check your state out wherever you're at. And that's kind of the, the position your state is in. And then it goes, it gets worse all the way down to Illinois and uh, New Jersey, which are the worst states. And, of course, Illinois is about to, Chicago is pulling our state down, something fierce. But we're going to have some serious problems. But I'll scroll down more. And in this article here, it gives you as, uh, it gives you a good idea as to what's, at, at stake here if this situation isn't solved and it leaves you with like some some positive no hope of like okay if we unless the state legislators can find a way to improve our state's financial health uh 11 of us will have to pay more taxes receive less in services or both or legislators will kick the can down the road for the generations who follow us now that here's a problem with this article here from this young lady is that you can't tax people a, if they're unemployed, and this is like this is just on a this is on a state level, just state level municipal governments and a local government stuff like that. It's real small base in comparison to our national issues. This 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 right here makes up the bulk of our problems because nowhere in here would they talk about the economic situation. She mentioned trade war in here, but very briefly. But when it comes to taxing people more, if massive unemployment is is upon us or it picks up. There won't be no tax revenue. And then when it comes to property taxes, if people don't have jobs, because like in the great state of Michigan, the Motor City runs the the Motor City and uh, the automotive industry runs. It, it's kind of the bulk and bread and butter of our of our state amongst technology and everything related to auto. So as GM turns down, Ford's junk bonds goes gets worse. Chrysler Chrysler is barely hanging on to a thread. You got those three major corporations. They decide to structurally reform, which they are doing now, 
And so, as I mentioned, with the GM situation, by there being 50,000 people right now taking time off to strike, asking for more money out of the profits the GM has, they're striking at the wrong time because I believe, in my personal opinion, by next spring, they're going to be unemployed anyway, or a good portion of those people will be unemployed. Therefore, the same people who are paying property taxes won't be able to probably afford their mortgages, nevertheless, pay the property taxes. So cities, states around the country will be impacted in the next year as this economy really slows down and it becomes more official that there is a recession going on. And so this is some news here that once again, Nancy Pelosi is talking about impeaching a damn president. But what about the real issues that affect the 300 something million people in this country? And it has to do with the fact that government as it's structured currently is the ultimate reason for all these problems because of just the, 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 the behemoth of a nature, the government has a tendency to continue to expand without regard to cost of expansion. And so all these promises on a local and a national level are, are coming due in this current season of life where it's going to be major issues with people receiving their promises. And so you think about all the public, public workers, you know, garbage, uh, you know, the, the, all the people, teachers, garbage people, anybody that works for their city, their state, you know, fall in this category of uh, there not being enough funds to get to get, to get paid. So it's going to be some serious issues down the line. And this is on a local level. So take a look at whatever state you're in and, uh, yeah, consider that. So let me get this to the chat so I don't start, so I don't keep rambling. So Spirit King says, uh, some claim there is less war, more peace, and less poverty in the world. What do you attribute to that? Um, some claim there is less war, more peace, and less poverty in the world. What do you attribute to that? Uh, spirit. Ah, good question there. I'm not quite sure if I would go with that same chain of thought as far as less war, more peace, and less poverty. I, I would have, for my first thought to that question is that less of the catastrophic and life-altering events are being reported. And because mainstream media is owned, for the most part, globally by you know six to ten different companies, every news source is privately held. Therefore, they don't have to tell you about all the wars, all the, the, the poverty. They don't have to report that because, as you can tell, Fox News and CNN going to run with this impeachment Whereas, and I just started this live stream off talking about Haiti gas price, Haiti crisis, Zimbabwe crisis, Venezuela still got, I mean, I, I, I probably will start now covering more countries just because the mainstream media won't do it to let you all know and let you see what's really going on outside of this bubble of a world we live in. And because one of the things where unless you are open and receptive to real world events outside of us. You can never begin to understand how you are interconnected into that. Like when something happens in Haiti or Zimbabwe or Venezuela, we are all a part of that. It's just not an isolated event in that country because the the, the, the government and the policies and, the, and all that stuff happening there is no different than what we have here. Most of those countries will call themselves having a democracy. But once again, democracy is man's best attempt to, to self-govern itself. But then again, you got the same people who cause the problems given a solution. So it's a lose-lose for everybody. So just because we happen to be civilized thus far 
doesn't mean that events outside couldn't come here. And that's what I think people, if they could put themselves in the shoes of other people, they might appreciate this little bit of time we have to enjoy this freedom and the opportunities we do have. So um, I think just because you're not hearing about it or we don't hear about it much would lead to that claim there that it's less war, more peace, and less poverty. Hell, all the coasts on east and west coast of the U.S. has what they call homeless cities or whatever they call it. So I'm not even sure what they call it, but... Yes, yeah, so I'm not sure about that one. Shane says, 50 states equal 50 independent countries or the Bill of Rights is toilet paper. Um, yeah, the whole idea of 50 individual sovereign states, which is what this was designed to appear and to be, was hijacked uh, a long time ago. So as of now, we're supposedly a United States. And, um, you know, the United States was never meant to be a actual 50 states under one single entity called a national federal government the way it is now so every state was supposed to have their own governing authority that's why every state has their own constitution they have their own state's constitution but yet once again it's all succumbs to the our national constitution which was supposed to be a regulator so the national government the federal government is designed to be a a intermediary between business and states not an overseer of both together so, yeah, I'll, get, I'll be renting on that for a while. <clears throat> but it says Newark, New Jersey's water supply has already been affected. Uh, that's not good. Yeah, we still got the Flint situation here. That's not going to get solved no time soon. But yet, on, a, on the hush around here, there's there, we got schools in Detroit that has the same piping issue. So it's just not a, a city. This is a, you know, any metropolitan area that was probably an industrial hub 100 years ago got water issues they may not tell you that though so that's why i wouldn't recommend you drink tap water so i saw a super chat in here somewhere let me get to that uh dennis marsh appreciate that super chat love my friend it says mike what's the odds of a bank run happening should i keep the cash in the house dennis great question um and so if you guys didn't have, have a chance to see the interview from earlier uh with sean richards Gave a good idea as to some things that we could experience when it just, the, the things continue to, to run their course. Because as this banking situation implodes, the crunch for your own cash and your, and your digits will become problematic because not everyone will be able to get to the bank in time to start withdrawing. And so once we go zero officially, because, you know, having 1.75 now doesn't really help depositors much because national rates last time I checked were still under you know under 10% or under 0.10% or something like that 0.2 depending on where you're at so anyway right as of now inflation is already eating away at what you call your principal so nominally that number will might stay the same but yet purchasing power is going to be an issue so no matter what I think that my personal opinion is and I think Max Kaiser mentioned it when I interviewed him as well his advice is only, you know, you, you keep in a bank what you need to sustain your cost of living. So all your automatic de deductions is what you should primarily focus on covering. Outside of that, anything you keep above in that, it feels it's more so according to your tolerance of risk and your and you, your comfortable, your comfortable, uh, how comfortable you are <laughs> with that institution, your, your bank debt. So if you had a too big to fail... I would imagine that would be the first line of banks that will go belly up. And if you've been watching the channel for a while, 
I gave you, uh, I'm not sure which episode it was, but I talked about how having read through the banking resolution bills and proposals that were put forth under the Dodd-Frank Act, um, all of the two big to fail banks will file for bankruptcy because they already restructured their corporations where the parent company will take the blame and all the creditors will be stuck with the, the burden of having been impacted financially. All the subsidiaries will be distributed funds. They've already been, they've already put this in place. So it's already set up. And so I'm not sure what episode it is, but just Google, um, let me, what, what, Google, uh, it's, it's part of the Dodd-Frank Act. So just, I, I'll come up with a minute, come up with it in a minute, but it's prior episode where it's probably titled something to do with the banking industry. I think it was back in July, maybe August. But anyway, so my thought would be with your, how comfortable you are with your institution should kind of play into how much you're willing to keep in there. And so I think personally, as things get worse, the less you should keep, but yet you're ultimately only keep in there what you're willing to lose. So whatever that is. So what you do with it, you know, you know the model here, get your weight up, and then, of course, you know, address that accordingly to what you feel comfortable with. But only keep in there what you're willing to lose because the risk is all upon you. And the FDIC being able to, you know, take care of everybody with that 200, what is it, 250 million or whatever it is, 250,000, you know, they're going to up that to about 400,000 during the first banking contagion so that there is not a bank run. So, but once again, that's just a number that I don't think they can cover. So that's just my thoughts there. James, I appreciate that. It says, great information tonight as always. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it, my friend. Thoughts, questions, feel free to let me know. Any ideas out there, definitely let me know. Feel free to call in. It says, comprehensive annual financial report equals hidden money in government accounts. Bill, good stuff there. I got to check that out. Uh, what we got here? It says, leave the cities while you can and start homesteading now. Furious. Um, yeah, and that's a that's one plan amongst I'm assuming many out there. So that's one of the things where what what I what I really the, prior to talking about this subject matter here, the primary theme for tonight was going to be the concept of how we have been preparing thus far, and so most of the news or information I share happens to be based upon the current economic conditions and how that will press in on everybody else's life, socially, spiritually, mentally, all that good stuff like that. But then I, went, I noticed a trend this morning, reading a couple articles, and the articles were based upon what the top money managers and billionaires are doing. And so I'm going to change course a little bit, and this is what this was going to be the original topic for the, this evening. But it, it, I got, it got me to wondering, and you know, in prior times. I've never, apart from the great financial crisis, I wasn't in tune or awake myself to pay attention to these indicators of red and flashes that indicate what a recession is. I never knew what a recession was because I wasn't directly impacted by it, by prior ones. And so uh, one thing I've noticed is that now that the mainstream, mainstream media now is telling us that a recession is coming, they've pretty much been warning everybody now that a recession is coming. And politicians are asking questions about it. We got the central bankers talking about the recession is, is, is inevitably going to come. And I'm thinking, like, that's kind of interesting how they're publicizing the fact that there will be another economic downturn, but they're not telling you the severity of it based upon 
the past 10 years and how artificial everything has been. There's only one group of people that is actually shooting it straight. And then that leads me to wonder why are they so comfortable coming out and telling people how bad things really are going to be, are really going to be in this next downturn. So here we are, you and I, we, we talk about the recession. We talk about getting your weight up, doing practical matters, food, energy, whatever. But I'm thinking like there's a small percentage of the population and they're called the one percenters. And so I was looking at numbers not long ago. And over the last 10 years, there's been more of the population that have reached that upper echelon of society based upon their net worth and their their, their financial backing. So there's more millionaires and billionaires now over the last 10 years than prior 10 years before that. But yet there's a, a small group of them and they're, and they're money managers. So I posted an article earlier uh, on the Facebook page. Uh, let me pull this up because it really got me to thinking like, man, like I think that we, me and you, we're talking about things from a much different angle than the way the 1% of society see it. When I say 1%, I'm talking about those that are in the billionaire boys club and, and gals that are in the billion, billion, billionaire club. And so one thing I'm thinking like, <clears throat> our mindset has been to prepare on a personal note. And so like we talk about, or I talk about doing things that you can do within your confines of, you know, probably more so being an employee. But then I'm, I'm about to show you an article and there's a couple more. Let me uh, let me pull this up before I get show you the full shebang. But it's, it's, I'm noticing a trend, and I'm like I sniffing this out, and uh, it really got me questioning how severe this next one is becoming. Let me find me one more article to kind of kind of uh, back up my claim here. And then I'll go, uh, okay, here's, here's a great article right here. Okay, so I just got two articles right here up the top of my head that I'm, that I'm aware of. But, okay, so as I mentioned, me and, you, me and you, us, we talk more so about practical matters. A lot of people here are probably interested in the cryptocurrency sector, so they, they do the crypto thing. We got some stackers here who do the metal thing or do both or whatever. But those are peanuts in comparison to what the one percenters are talking about and what they're preparing for. So we're preparing for a recession. We're preparing for an economic downturn where some of the assets we have might catch a bid as monetary policy you know, rallies back up. But one thing I just realized as of day that I didn't think about before is that the, the, the one percenters, they're preparing for an economic depression. And so what made me think about that was the fact that so many billionaires, so many multi-millionaires, the, the top percent of income earners as well as business owners, they are they have already been doing this for a while. I reported, I think, last year how they've been, business owners have been lessening their exposure to equities. They've, they've already got out of the markets. And what are they doing? I'm going to show you exactly what they're doing. It says, hedge fund billionaire raises cash to prepare for a potential market meltdown. And so this is just one article of which I got another one, but then there's a lot more. I've came across a lot of them, and I didn't, I never put it together until today as to the severity of what they are doing. 
And so we got Warren Buffett putting together a hundred. He got a hundred and twenty billion in cash ready. We got this hedge fund billionaire putting together millions, if not billions. Here's another article here. It says rich people are hoarding cash and wealth managers are getting frustrated. So this was an article from Financial Times. I just Googled it and pulled this up. I wasn't even aware of this. But this is a subject matter. And so over the last couple of years, high net worth individuals have been sitting more and more and more in cash. And I, I kind of came to a reason as to why I believe that is, is that while the average person that in the alternative media world, we're preparing for a recession where we can take our crumbs and turn into a whole plate one day or turn into a full slice of bread during and after recession. But these one percenters of society, they're preparing to buy entire cities. They're preparing to buy neighborhoods and communities and and, and I'm thinking like they're sitting on this cash because they know what's coming. But if you're sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars or billions like Warren Buffett and, and this next recession, as I mentioned last night, is going to be a 10 year window at a minimum of economic turmoil because it's going to be it's going to take a lot of time to iron out all the kinks because we're all interconnected in this together on a global stage. And so I'm thinking about these individuals here. And of course, we know I can give you some names. Ray Dalio, Jeff Gunlock, um, who else? I got a couple more names. I, you know, so billionaires I don't even know about. But yet, these people are all in the same club. They've been talking. They know what's coming down because these are the business owners. And so they got the front row seat to this economic meltdown that's occurring. So these people are sitting on large amounts of cash. And so the, the thing that we should be wondering and thinking is, what are they going to be buying? Because, as I mentioned, some of us here you know, probably got more crumbs than others, but we got crumbs in comparison to billionaires that are sitting on billions. And I'm thinking about looking back at the Great Depression. I remember hearing and reading a lot of stories about how it wiped people out. and majority of the population didn't have the basic needs for sustaining themselves. It was more so the employees, those that were so consumed from nine to five on making a living that they didn't see the changes happening around them or have foresight to know what was occurring at that moment. And so they were just coming off the 1929 stock market rally. It was a boom of no, of no, you know, the 20s, 19, late 1920s was a boom time. Everybody making money. Everything was good. Then it, then it fell off from 29 to 33 and that four-year window and beyond, that was a, a good four or five-year experience for a lot of people who were not aware. But then those that were in the front row and saw this thing occurring became multi-multi-multi-millionaires, which we would, what we would consider billionaires now. So I'm saying all this to say, while we are focused on just a mere recession, an economic downturn, Turning a couple, couple, turning a couple things into something a little bit bigger, maybe getting whatever you know something on a smaller scale. There are thousands of people out here sitting on hundreds of millions and billions that will only double, triple, or quadruple their wealth because they're going to be purchasing territory. I mean, large pieces of real estate like never, uh, never imagined. So there's a good part of this population that will gain more power in the days ahead, which makes it even more challenging for people who are in the alternative media community who got some crumbs 
we pale in comparison of purchasing power through this transition of this 10 years I'm talking about to where in this next 10 years, these people will be dropping millions by the day. They're sitting in cash and think about it. They also know that cash will run its course. So they won't be able to sit in cash for that 10 year window because cash will become a problem within two or three of those years as monetary policy picks up as easing the spigot really begins to flood things out. Before it floods all the small people out, they will have already dumped that cash and purchased major metropolitan areas, buildings, government. They're they going to buy anything that's real and tangible and quadruple their wealth and create generational wealth. There's going to be so many oligarchy type of people in this country like never before. And these are things that I think that really concerns me because we're on a, we're thinking small. Most of us are thinking small. Yeah, I include, I include even myself in regards to what's really going on here. And we're talking recession. They're talking about the greatest economic depression probably in human history, which will be a wealth transfer like never before because we're talking about gold, silver, and they, they already have that stuff. That's not a problem for them. But yet, they're going to walk away from this next 10-year span with the most physical territory. They're going to have land. Land is the ultimate sign of wealth because owning land is just what kings own. That's just what, you know, land gives you rights. Land gives you a lot of opportunity. And think about it. There's going to be so much. There's going to be a, such a greater wealth gap in this next decade, give or take plus, and of course, you know, I think we'll, people who are aware will be better positioned, but it pales in comparison to the amount of paper that's waiting to be dumped into tangible assets that's going to buy up every single thing we are aware of. So, um, yeah, that's my little rant for the night. But I wanted to share this article because it hit me like, while we're preparing for a recession, they're preparing for the greatest economic depression ever to hit. And these people here... They already got a game plan. That's what's so nice about it. They got hundreds of millions, billions sitting around waiting to go out and buy all these. It's going to be so many foreclosures out here. It's going to be like a kid in a candy store if you got a couple mil. And so, um, yeah, man, it's going to be a great wealth transfer. It's already occurring right now. It's already occurring. And it's occurring primarily because the spigot has been turned on. And so when they cut the spigot on, that's automatically a, a sign of the wealth transfer because they're bringing something from nothing into something, giving it to the banks. And the banks are, you know, buying shares, you know, paying off the, their buddies and pocketing some of that because it's not accounted for. Nobody, none of the institutions that that, had, that is borrowing that repo money right now are, are truly being held accountable for those funds because I don't think they're going to show up on any balance sheet nowhere. They're not going to put, you know, loan from loan from the Fed, $45 billion a day. 45 billion tomorrow you know that stuff is going to go unaccounted for so we're, we're already being robbed in, in this current point and it's only gonna get worse so yeah man that's what it is i'm gonna dial back with that one and uh go from there but other than that man i hope you guys can kind of see where i'm coming from hope i'm not too far too far left field or right field or whatever field it might be but um, just think about that for a second. You know, we're talking about a recession. Even the mainstream news is talking about a recession. They're talking about economic slowdown. But the boys, the big boys and, and, and young ladies that are in the multi-millionaires, billionaire boys club, they're talking about depression. And what happened during the last depression? 
a lot of people came out a lot better than they went in. And so even though, you know, most of us here might be working with crumbs, crumbs can still add up to give you a, a whole slice of something. And all it takes is a slice to put you in a better position than you are in now, especially when majority of the world don't even have a crumb, a, a crumb. So that's just my little two cents there. Uh, well, I'm going to dial back with that one. But that being the case, I uh, appreciate everybody hanging on, hanging out with me tonight. Uh, it says, I want to see some here. It says, Mike, you think you will be in poverty after reset? Low blood pressure. Great question there. In poverty, um, I, I don't foresee that, but I can never sit here and say that, no, I'm, 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 you know, I'm too prepared. I would, that, that type of thing wouldn't happen for me to me. But I will say is that, as I mentioned in prior live streams, that for me personally, as a part of the paradigm shift, me intentionally trying to change my mindset now to where my confidence and my hope is doesn't lie in my own natural ways of preparing. And so all the things I'm doing now is just based upon things I see. But there's a whole other realm of things I can't see or things I don't know, but God does. And so from a spiritual aspect, spiritual aspect, there's no there's nowhere to run, there's nowhere to hide, there's no nothing called safety or security in a world where it's, it's, this world is not, nothing's given for tomorrow, nothing's promised for tomorrow is what I'm saying. And because of that, as far as poverty, reset, whatever, for me personally, because of my faith, to me, faith is the number one currency you can have. If your faith is in the source that you are dependent upon, I'll go too deep with this, but when it comes to poverty, you know, I believe that my God will take care of me like he always have. Therefore, you know, I don't need much to be a happy man, put like that. So um, when it comes to poverty, there's a great Bible, biblical quote that says, I've never seen the righteous uh, forsaken or, or begging for bread. And I'm going to stand on that piece of scripture right there, which means I ain't going to be begging for no bread. But that's just me. And uh, says Jay says, Mike, how will the central banks and super rich cash out with regard to the stocks they own? How does Mark Zuckerberg protect his portfolio? Thanks. Jay, great question. So to my knowledge, a lot of the business owners, a lot of those that, you know, you know, you know the Robert Kiyosaki, ESBI, the cash flow quadrant, all the people on the right side, the BI, we got employees, self-employed, business owner, investors. That side of the quadrant own tangible things already. And so like the like Mark Zuckerberg, he has a major stake, over 51% share of equity in Facebook. Facebook is a digital corporation. They're not going nowhere. As long as there's electricity, Facebook going to be there. So physically, to build business or whatever, you know, that stuff can, you know, depreciate a little bit. But because of the position Mark Zuckerberg is in, he, he's, he's, he's probably sitting on, <laughs> you know, $500 million in his bank account or in some type of asset where he can liquidate a lot faster. And so the business owners, in my opinion, They've been getting out of their shares and getting into something else. And a lot of them has been getting into cash because that little two, three-year window I'm talking about before hyperinflation or inflation really kicks in, they're going to be out purchasing things. And more than likely, what they're going to do when their share prices drop down to, to crumbs, if their company is needed and if it's of necessity to humanity, not necessarily Facebook is not to me, but if, if like, for example, a company that has been around through all types of recessions, depressions before, and they're still strong because the world needs them. We need water, we need food, we need plastic, we need all the, we need chemicals and pharmaceutical, we, all that stuff we need. So those stock prices might drop down to pennies, but then because they cashed out, they can come back in and buy all that stuff up 
pumping it up a little bit and then buying even more rights into their own company, making them richer when things recover. Because keep in mind, like always, the world's not coming to an end. It's going to be a restructuring of the current monetary system because there's been more debt accumulated that can be paid back. There's going to be a, a, a rinsing of that debt. And then there's going to be another boom. And so they're going to buy things when it's low and then sell it when it's high. So they, it's already peaked out now in their opinion. They've already sold it. They're going to wait for it to dip and they're going to buy the dip and ride it back up. So with now how long that next ride up will be, who knows, but you know, six, seven years has been a typical cycle between a boom bust, just business model in, in general. But this one has been a 10 year artificially extended boom. Therefore, I'm thinking of like it's going to be a 10 plus year bust to clean out all this manipulation on a global systemic level. So that's just my thoughts there. Hope that answered your question. Let me verify that question. And so uh, cash out of their own stocks. Yeah, they just basically getting getting liquid. And they're probably going to go back in and buy their own shares at a much cheaper price. Mark Zuckerberg sitting on cash. And he's an asset. He has an asset called Facebook that is going to be there. Dave Buckner says, don't worry about the get care bars ecosystem at your back. David, that's a good thought there. But on a, on a, on a much greater note, doing an economic contagion type of event. Be, I, I personally, I'm leery of anything that requires an intermediary because the more intermediaries there are between you and your asset, the more risk that they may be exposed to. So any corporations of any kind, any affiliate type of opportunities are all subject to people in the middle living up, their obli living up to their obligations. And when stuff hits the fan and things get tight, you find out what people are really made of. And because we've never experienced on a global level what's occurring now, I wouldn't depend upon anybody in the middle between me, my asset, me, or what I need, I need for my family. It's going to be me and what I need. Anything in between, I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Therefore, I don't put much confidence in anything between a, me and an actual asset, me, my health, me, my gifts and talents, me, my God. No, I don't want none of that. So that's just me. Um, no one being ready 100%, but yeah, so yeah, just being aware g gives you a head, a, a head start, but no one can be fully prepared for the, the change that's coming, and it's natural change, that's the thing about it, that's what's so exciting to me is that it's, it's inevitable, like it's nothing we can avoid, it, it, it's needed, you know, the system has been corrupted and, and it's, it's gone too far already, so therefore it just needs some, some a healthy cleaning out, that's all, unfortunately the cleaning out will consist of debt, and all the debt happens to be denominated in something called the Federal Reserve note, also known as a dollar. And that, 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 that thorough cleansing requires a devaluation I've never seen before, which will lead to a uprising of something different, in my opinion. But that's been the case. I'm going to let it go. So I can go on forever with this subject matter, but I'm about to dial back. I appreciate everybody hanging out with me tonight. <laughs> Hope I, didn't, I went too far off the cuff with you guys. But for those that are tuning in, um, I shared a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that uh, I think is relevant. And informative, and I, I preface this with saying that this, the the things that I feel led to share with you guys are things you won't hear from your mainstream news source. So that's why I believe it's important to share this information with your family and friends because once again, you are the closest link to your family and friends that are out there that are the ones vulnerable to what's currently occurring, and they fall victim because they have no clue. And I just out of pure love for those that are closest to you, make sure you do your best to help out. 
those closest to you by just sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with them. Now, whether they choose to do something with it or not, that's on them. But yet it was presented to them. Now it's up to them to do what they do with it. But that being the case, I'm going to dial back and call it a quit. So I appreciate everybody hanging out with me tonight. As always, if you've enjoyed the back and forth, don't be afraid to donate a thumbs up or a thumbs down, whatever floats your boat. Just push something beneath this video here. And all the information needed below, all the free resources down below, uh, the RTD coin, get your weight up. You know, right now, no matter what the price is, as cheapest it's going to be for probably the next decade. So there's no such thing as paying too much premium or not having enough because right now, your current dollar purchases X amount of, X amount of metal. Take advantage of it because I think in a couple years from now, you're going to wish that you could have probably done more. But, you know, once again, that's my opinion. So not financial advice at all. Other than that, I'm getting winded. I think I've talked too much tonight. I will see you guys later. Peace.